Blog Talk Radio. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. start out with? Should I start out with reviewing AEW or should I just do the best and review NXT? Both? You know, okay. NXT should have a really emotional state of mind of Drake Maverick and how three matches was going to change his life. Um confusing part on the show is that he only had one match and he lost. Don't know what's good plan for Drake Maverick, but I, I do know that when I started off with a very dramatized scene with Finn Balor earlier in the day getting beat up. We don't know who did it. <clears throat> Velveteen Dream was supposed to go one-on-one with Balor, but then that didn't happen, so he went on later on in the night with Keith Lee and faced Undisputed Era the one, the only, Adam Cole, baby, and Roderick Strong. Y'all don't know what happened to Kyle O'Reilly. Obviously not been cleared medically, which is code for we don't know what happened. So there's also a few cruiserweight matches. So Jake Atlas advanced. Jake Gallagher did not advance because he, let's see here, NXT results, blah, blah. So tonight it featured, you know, because Jordan Devlin's not able to defend the Cruiserweight Championship on a regular, so he had to stay home. All right, so Jack Gallagher took on Phantasma. Nice took on Kushida. Nice lost to Kushida. I'm guessing Phantasma beat Gallagher. Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart versus Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. I thought that was a very good back-and-forth match. I love Shotzi. I love her ring presence. Everything about her screams amazing. Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai, great job. Um, the timing was really good between all four women. Tegan Knox, good job, too. So, let's see here. Um, $0.84 million. That's Oh, that's raw ratings. <laughs> Yeah, it is kind of difficult to have an audience, you know, catch up with the viewership on Monday Night Raw, but it is a three-hour production, and I've been saying just cut it down to two hours until you go back to uh, having audiences in the seats. That's just my personal take on it. I saw the clip of the article, folks. I'm sorry. It's on BleacherReport.com. So, okay, then you saw a promo with uh, Robert Stone and Chelsea Green, Robert Stone, seeing, you know, barefoot at the side of the pool. Chelsea Green is doing some photo shoots. So it's kind of kind of old school feel to WWE and how that felt. So, oh, my gosh. Kushida did, yeah, he put on one hell of a match, man. That, that guy, well, for sure, I understand that, my man. I watched some of it. I fell asleep because I've been working nine-hour shifts a lot. But that's besides the point. 
WrestlingInc.com. Blah, blah, blah. NXT viewing is already up. Mm-hmm. Phillips and Saxton, yes. Phillips and Dream. Okay, so there was... Yeah, there's still three members of Undisputed Era, and I, they tried attacking Velveteen Dream, and then Keith Lee came out, so Shotzi Blackheart. There better be more than that. Please, please be more than this. Okay, thank you. Um, so there was a video package on Jake Atlas, but okay, he's a very impressive competitor. I get it, dude. I really don't. I've never really fully paid attention to some of the cruiserweight division. My apologies. I know I'm missing out probably. So um, then they showed a package on Jake Maverick. So I want to see what they're Okay, so Jake Atlas advances in the tournament. Akira Tozawa is, you know, with there, and Mackenzie Mitchell. All right. Tony Nese versus Kushida. This is the interim Cruiserweight title tournament match. Kushida versus Tony Nese. Okay. Uh, promo before match. Okay, this is getting really odd. Uh, I know that Kushida wins this one, so he advances. Kenzie Mitchell, Timothy Thatcher. Okay. So they did a promo from home with Johnny Gargano and Candice. They bragged about his victory at Wrestle, not WrestleMania, but what was supposed to be NXT TakeOver in Tampa. Okay, he said, he always has to do media, buy merchandise, blah, 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 for some stupid kid. So basically they're playing him up as a big-time heel, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so she says, duh, duh, duh. Oh, goodness. Okay. Um, so, Charlotte Flair does the one. Jesse, Camille versus Mia Yim. Uh, okay. Camille for a two count. So there's a, a lot of back and forth between Mia Yim and Camille. Protect your neck. Oh, I love it. <laughs> she changed the move name to Protect Your Neck. Okay. So, I'm sorry. I'm going a lot of blah, 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 yada, yada, because trying to skip through the good parts. Uh, Jack Gallagher versus, uh, versus El Hijo del Fantasma, who's a second-generation lucha. And the winner of this match is El Hijo del Fantasma. Big surprise, big shocker there, not really. The Velveteen Dream and Keith Lee versus the Undisputed Era. As I talked about it earlier tonight, Soften Bauer was incapacitated earlier in the day. So the replacement match for that was... Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, so the match starts off with the Undisputed Air trying to attack from behind. Damian Priest. Okay, so it's a... So Damian Priest comes out to interfere... Okay, Cole. So, Cole brings Dream back to the corner. Okay. Dexter Loomis. Wow, they they let Dexter Loomis go. Cool. So Dream actually picked up the victory thanks to Loomis. Wow, they're really uh, propelling a lot of people into the main scene in NXT. I kind of I find that kind of not amusing, but actually intriguing. So with my assessment on NXT, that's going to come later, folks, but uh, I want to talk to you about AEW, um, what they did tonight. There was a tournament on TNT, for those of you who don't know or want to catch AEW, 
Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen. I don't know what story they're trying to tell, but they did okay. The graphics aren't bad on the promo pick. It looks like a Mortal Kombat thing. More or less, it looks like Tekken or any kind of video game that you would see. It's not bad. Uh, anyway, so let's see here. Some Guevara. He hit the Last Supper. That's that's okay. So Allen beats Guevara, and it gave him Bleacher Report got gave that match a B plus. It wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was a B plus, ladies and gents. Allen and Guevara have worked wicked chemistry. Oh, hell no. I'm not going to read the analysis on this. Because uh-uh. these are people that watch and then blog, watch and then blog. They don't really, they do not know. Matt Hardy addresses Chris Jericho. We'll get it. Okay. So he gave them a history. Okay, yeah, I'd give it worse than a C plus. I would give that promo probably a D or an F because to me, Matt Hardy is much better than that. But you know what? Without an audience, it gets a C plus because it's definitely hard and difficult, folks, to tell you a story about. Oh yeah, we have a history together, and I'm going to kick Sammy Guevara's ass. Cricket, cricket, chirp, chirp. On that for no. So, Kenny Omega versus Alan Angel. Some of you may say, watch the whole match. I could not, because I was flipping back and forth. Says Omega out-wrestled Angels early. Angels managed to down Omega and tried for a frog splash. Always seems to be a fucking trend in AEW. I'm sorry. They always seem to do big move, big move, kick out, kick out. So how is that any different, sir, than NXT? Where you know there's consecutive big moves, a waterfall at the end, and then the big one, two, three pin that surprises the fuck out of everyone or anyone and their mother, okay? I'm just, I like Kenny. He's a cool dude, but there are certain points and matches in AEW that drive me absolute batshit insane. It's because... The psychology of their matches. Some of it's there, but some of it's missing. Okay. Chris Jericho called this a warm-up match on commentary. Okay, I'm pretty sure he's referring to Matt Hardy. Kind of funny. Chris is great on the mic. See, I'm very bipolar. I am extremely bipolar with AEW. Jimmy Havoc has zero patience for Orange Cassidy's shtick. The man wrestles with hands inside the pocket. What can you say? He's being he's being very cautious. Which can you blame the man? What's going on right now in the in the world? Have it tried for a discus clothesline, but Cassidy stuck. Okay, please stop using terminologies, you dickwad. Igniting a baby face comeback. Just say igniting a comeback for fuck's sakes. Cassidy fought back, dropping him and delivering a lazy splash from the middle rope from another near fall. Yeah, I give it worse than a C minus because Havoc is a sick sadistic bastard. There's no problem with him being a sick sadistic bastard because the man one time got scratched on the back and it had lemon squeezed into his wounds. And this was before AEW. I can go backwards. Okay, Havoc and Sabian beat down Cassidy until Taylor and Trent made the save. I'm so confused right now. I know that Trent and Taylor are, you know, the tag team that Cassidy aligned himself with, but you see what I told my best friend that there's so many factions in AEW. It's kind of like WCW. I don't know how people don't see it that way yet. Sorry, folks. It's just natural habit. Cassie took that that took Pac moving back the revolution. Yeah, I don't care. Oh, okay, so oh. no 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 no. Sophie. The rating was six hundred and eighty three thousand six hundred and ninety two. It went from nine hundred and thirty two thousand folks. 
to a whopping 683,000 viewers. So Dustin Rhodes wins the retirement match. What the? Okay. Matt Hardy, TNT Championship, Orange Cassidy in action. So AEW is kind of having like the old school tournament that NWA, AWA used to have. Wardlow, Brody Lee, Kenny Omega, Matt Hardy. Oh, God. Okay. Um, Wardlow. That's the name I either forgot or didn't care to. So, uh, I'm just going to do the best review that I can, folks. Been wearing a mask all day. Kind of half deaf, but here, let's see here. Come from the land where the wheat still wheat, yada, yada, yada. But, uh, it's been a long way. It's my home. Who the fuck? Okay, so it's the show opened with Cody Rhodes taking a seat in some kind of command center to watch Sammy Guevara, Lance Archer, Kit Stadium, and Darby Allen. He asked the question of who he is, where he fits into all this, and he muses that there can be no future endeavors if you don't endeavor. Is he a mid-card lifer? And they say WWE does too many weird promos. Goes into meeting one of those four in the semifinals, and he needs to be ready to answer the call. All right, Mr. Ghostbuster. <laughs> Complacency is a dirty word in wrestling, but the ally of a top guy because those are just here to collect a check, become flesh to the pound, but none of these men are that. Chris Jericho and Tony Schiavone are on commentary, and they welcome us to the show. So very similar to Jerry Lawler and Vince McMahon back in the day. Jesse the Body Ventura and Vince McMahon back in the day. It's called wrestling stuff. Shit gets recycled, okay? Guevara dies on Allen before the fall, blah, blah, blah. So, Aubrey calls for the bell. Whatever. Darby Allen ends up winning this match. I think this person obviously favors it, you know, just by reading the review. Alan Angels versus Kenny Omega. Yeah. Havoc versus Orange Cassidy. There's, like, a lot of shit to keep up with in professional wrestling. And without an audience, as you can tell I read earlier, the numbers went down. And that's just by week. They're going down for not just AEW though. Wardlow wins by pinfall with the F10. Okay. Brody Lee versus who? Oh, Justin Long. Okay. Justin Rhodes versus Kip Sabian for the AEW TNT Championship quarterfinal match. Okay, I'm guessing Dustin Rhodes. Yep. <laughs> One with a pile driver. Okay. Folks, I spent enough time in my lifetime watching wrestling companies with an audience. And with a full bond, you know, crowd reaction type, oh, we fucking hate you, or oh, we love you by giving you standing ovation. And it just drew to my attention, wrestling without an audience, how well people realize without an audience, it's really hard to gain attention to what you're trying to convey to the audience. But if you keep it simple, stupid, as the old saying goes, you're going to go far. And all you really have to do is tell the audience a story, whether it's good, bad, boring, indifferent. Hopefully it's not boring, and hopefully crickets don't fucking chirp. But I want to point something out to you. Actually, I want to point out a few things. The reasons why there's a decline for ratings in both WWE 
and AEW is because the audience that still watches is very far, few, and in between pro wrestling fans that will sit there and say, well, AEW still got more ratings than WWE, or vice versa. WWE has a better rating system than AEW. The truth is, both are tanking because without any audience allowance into a wrestling arena, it's very difficult to keep people intrigued. And plus, people watch, they're watching their Netflix, they're stuffing their faces, and they're going to Walmart a gajillion fucking million times or Target or Rite Aid or whatever. Did you get my gist? It's very difficult to put on a show and then say, okay, what did you think of it? Because from a creative perspective, you're literally writing a show for WWE NXT, let's say, and then you can conceptualize it and then put it on USA Network. For AEW, you're writing a show and you're putting it on TNT's network. They've got a tournament. NXT's got a tournament. One is, you know, to face Chris Jericho in the near future for a future AEW World Heavyweight Championship spot. So both have tournaments. One's got Matt Hardy and Chris Jericho. The other has Adam Cole and Velveteen. One has a Cruiserweight Championship match tournament, you know, going on. And the other has a World Heavyweight Championship tournament going on. Yet one's ratings declined. Let me see this. I've got... I'm sorry, folks. I... I like to snoop around with numbers, so hang on. Sorry, folks. Brief moment. Let's see here. I'm sorry. I I just have to read the numbers. So slowly but surely, the numbers are declining. And this is without an audience, folks. So, the AEW Dynamite Key Competition with 683,000 viewers. Let me compare that to NXT. 906,000 viewers during Wednesday's two hour show. WWE NXT averaged 718,000. AEW on every demo except over 50, which was a tie. AEW ranked number 5, NXT ranked number 20. So, let's see here. That's funny that he mentions that because, okay, let's see here. AEW's ratings right now went from 918,000. To 683, and this had to have been that's in the 18 to 49 demographics. So, most people are saying to themselves, I haven't seen this kind of professional wrestling since the Attitude Era. No, it was not the best era in professional wrestling. And those of you who argue with me, I'm going to flip my switch and tell you that there are other eras in professional wrestling that were absolutely off the chain because how is it they were able to fill seats during the 90s before the Attitude Era? I mean, look, they still had Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty, which, okay, whatever, Jannetty. Uh, Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon, Diesel, British Bulldog, Vader, Yokozuna, Akushi, if you remember him. Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase was still running around. Jim Cornette, the Smoking Guns. Chris Candido, the Body Donnas, you know, Justin, you know. A lot of names were back then. 
sure they didn't have women wrestling. Sure, they didn't have the stupid bra and panties matches going on. But allow me to point this out to you all. Yes, Attitude Era was great. It had a lot of intrigue and had a lot of people that could put on a goddamn good show. But it wasn't the best. AEW's reasons for decline in ratings, let me let me just point this out to you. They're not a well-known company. They don't have a performance center. They do have names on their roster that have presented one hell of good showmanship in that Danny Guevara, Chris Jericho, Jake Hager. There's just way too many cooks in the kitchen. And also, their stories don't add up. You know, their feuds, that is. Known Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara faced each other before, but in a tournament setting, you need a lot more. You need a lot more, so... Oh, no, 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 I'm going to definitely have to give you the numbers. Again, just to just to be clear, on March 18th, before this whole pandemic began, they had 932,000 viewers. Now, a week before today, they had 683,000. So, let's do the math, shall we? 932,000? Minus 683,000. That's over 249,000 viewers that they lost because they didn't have an audience. As I told you before, it's very difficult to maintain the same amount of viewers without an audience. Because that audience gives that pop to it. I mean, I guarantee you, if AEW had a full audience tonight, some of those C minuses and D's and F's that I was given matches and shit probably would have turned into B's and C's. Just saying. Because 249,000, that's a lot of people not tuning in. Same with uh, WWE. The numbers, they don't lie. So, all right, folks. This is the point in the show where I ask if you have small children that are under the age of 14 to please put cotton in their ears and just make sure that none of them are listening to this show is not suitable for minors under the age of 14. Off the Rails Uncensored is a trademark podcast that was coined on the date of March 17, 2016. It is a copyrighted podcast and reproductions or seminations thereof are off the rails uncensored is punishable by law and $45 will be going straight to my bank account. You'll be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law for any further usage or perjury thereof of off the rails uncensored, a coin wrestling podcast, pro wrestling podcast on March 7, 2016 official date. Well, all right. You heard the craziness. There is that is me. So, uh, buckle up, motherfuckers. You're about to join in on the most confusing, chaotic, random subject changing pro wrestling, of pro wrestling, or anything for that matter, uh, right here on Off the Rails Uncensored. Hit my music, monkeys in the truck. Dig it. professional wrestling, you hear a bunch of folks say, this is why we stopped watching this company. 
This is why this company will go under the ground. No. It would take a lot for a company to be buried in that amount of time. In three years. And here's why. Whether or not you believe in WWE or whether or not you choose to believe that they are going to compete. Here's the fun part. They've been around longer than AEW. They are not a territory. They are not a company that's going to shake in their boots because the ratings always, you know, are going to shift back and forth to either AEW or WWE's favor. So, wrestling without an audience reprieve and more or less, I'm going to tell the stories of not the Monday Night Wars, but the Wednesday Night Wars. So far, you have consistency with NXT. In AEW, it's all over the goddamn place. And what what specific? Okay, Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen have feuded a lot. And yes, they had a tournament, so you have to put your aces in their places, right? Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen, it was an okay, you know, normal heel versus babyface type psychology. <laughs> Fuck the terminology. It was a very basic match, no. But who hits the last supper? Darby Allen did. One, two, three. Was there any distractions? Was there any interference run? Yeah. I'm just going to come out right and say it. I'm not huge into AEW, except for maybe if there's some dude wrestling like Moxley and Jericho, Omega and Angel, give it time, you know, it'll be, it'll be decent. Orange Cassidy. I don't, I honestly, you know what, I've never seen a gimmick like his. He's kind of like the Enzo Abore with the hands in his pockets. It kind of is, you know, he wears the blue jeans, he wears the jean, well, yeah, the jean jacket. I haven't seen one of those in quite some time. I'm not, the wardrobe doesn't bother me. It's, his character kind of leaves a lot of question marks. So if he was to wrestle someone for real, this is, this is how it would happen, right? Okay, so this is how we're going to expect Orange Cassidy to work. He's not a bad worker. He's not a bad worker, but over time, who are you going to feed him to? Is it going to be Jericho? Is, he going to, is the kid going to actually elevate his career by evolving himself like every wrestler does? There's a lot of questions that the wrestling community has for AEW. Some of us do and some of us do not. Actually, most of us do. Like, okay, how long are we going to be subjected to the non-essential feuds? Or the feuds that don't make fucking sense whatsoever. Or I wouldn't even call them feuds. I'd just call them wrestling matches. Because we have something new to look forward to as wrestling fans, right? I'm not dogging on AEW by any means. I'm just pointing shit out. When you start off the show, just again, taking subtle jabs. Endeavors are endeavors. When he knows damn well that there have been a shit ton of releases and they'd probably be salivating at the bit just to get their hands on these talents from WWE. Like, I guarantee you, I don't care who you are. Even if you were on your deathbed, I mean that, or not deathbed, even if you were trying to get another job in professional wrestling, which is extremely hard unless you have names or credibility added to your resume, they're not going to consider you. But, I mean, look who's on the table. you got... Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson. You got Rusev. Drake Maverick. There's a laundry list, folks, of superstars that were let go by WWE that it's no guarantee that AEW will pick them up, but one begs the question, who's turned into the new WCW now? You say there are several things that beg the question. With an audience, 
AEW obviously flourishes without an audience because they're not a well-known company. You say that name, you say that company name to anyone that is not a wrestling fan, they'll say the following. Oh, yeah, I turned on TNT and some wrestling show. They know who Chris Jericho is if he's on the screen. He's one of the best. You say, I know who Kenny Omega is if you're a pro wrestling fan, but you say that to any non-wrestling fan, and they'll say, Eternity? Is Omega for, is there fraternity on TV? Kenny's one awesome dude. I'm not, like I said, I'm not disrespecting some of the talent, but Jesus Christ. The placement of matches in AEW compared to WWE. I know that sometimes WWE can be a drag, but what, you know, at what point in time are we going to start saying, oh man, this is, this is quite the distraction from the bullshit that's going on, man. It's much better than watching reruns of whatever show that we're into on Netflix. Sometimes you do need to take a break from wrestling, but at this point, it's one of my favorite distractions. Like, okay, so what do we got going on this week? I even partook in watching WWE Raw. Which, yes, their ratings are in the fucking toilet at 1.84 million. They need to get the ball rolling and maybe call upon Legends names again just to get the ball rolling, because I don't know what else you would say other than, yeah, it's tough for WWE without an audience, because no more dueling chants. Hell, would I, I wouldn't, I don't miss those, but I miss the audience booing and cheering. Or, I don't miss the holy shit chants every five minutes, but an audience reaction is essential professional wrestlers because that is like our bread and butter and I say our because yes once upon a time good old Brian Rails suited up and managed some of the finest workers on the planet alright enough about me enough of that biopic that's happened for the umpteenth time what I'm telling you is even in the indies or on the indie scene, without an audience, holy shit, does that change the landscape for every single performer that walks out that curtain. So yes, it is difficult for both WWE and AEW. Because when you're trying to tell a story, and that story is told, you know, through the creative, and you really can't you can't have a show that is going to gain you TV ratings, especially without an audience. I'm pointing out Captain Obvious's right now, but without an audience, even if it's maybe three to 4,000 people, that three to 4,000 people kind of fuels you if you're doing a move or if you're going for the cover, you're, you're the take-home point of the match, right? So, if you've got a comeback as a baby face, you know how difficult it is not to hear claps on the outside? I'm sure AEW violated a lot of social distancing rules with all their wrestlers not even distancing themselves apart from one another, but also handing out dirty money because they were betting on matches. And that's, like I said, there's no problem with that. problem is everyone else has to abide by social distancing so what makes them special just saying without an audience this all of what they're doing right now in professional wrestling becomes extremely difficult and not only does it become extremely difficult it makes it very hard for us as fans to follow any of the stories or concepts that they're trying to give us. It'd be like taking a class in high school, but the teacher doesn't give notes. 
they just say, okay, I want you to record every single word that I say. And then you're going to take a test on all my, you know, all the lecture. And there'll be some answers where you can use a book. But don't get too comfortable. You see, I always hated people like that. Here's what you're learning. Here's what you're going to do. And here's how you're going to do it. No. If the if the professor was going over something that required extensive note-taking, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just going to take notes. Same thing with wrestling. If you're given instruction, hey, I want you to go over dirty. You know how difficult that is for a heel to be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to hit you from behind with a steel chair. You're going to chase after me, and then the other person is going to catch up. He's going to take advantage and then send my ass back into the ring. I'm going to cover. I'm going to, I'm going to kick out. I'm going to give a blind tag. And then you're going to come in, boom, boom. There's going to be a distraction on the outside of the ring. Someone's going to take advantage. You're going to roll me up, one, two, three. Boo on the outside the minute that distraction happens or you fucked up or just any random chant except for the dueling chants would be welcome welcoming music to anybody's ears that works in professional wrestling. Man, it's, this whole pandemic has made us all appreciate the fact that we have a fucking audience to uh, perform in front of because now, boy, you know, outside the performance center would be so nice to see an arena again, to see people lining up, you know, to get tickets. The little things that make you appreciate professional wrestling. And so many of us, we have this professional wrestling always as a kid. You know, like if they are an eel, they really get the audience worked up, riled up, ready to kill you type nuclear heat. Now it's just the heat back home of just sitting in our house eating a fucking pizza or dinner or whatever during that 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock time frame in NXT or, you know, for WWE Raw or for AEW Dynamite and you say, man, can't wait to see where this show's going to be at. And they cancel a lot of shows which made me both AEW and WWE lose money. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you say. If you say someone lost more money than the other, you're full of shit. Because I guarantee you, wrestling without an audience is like going to a construction site that doesn't have impact drills screwdrivers, saws, you name it. There's a lot of analogies that I can use, folks, because I've got to do so. But while I'm on the subject of AEW, here's one thing that really makes me kind of smile. They lost 249,000 viewers in the span of four weeks. That's because the decline in viewership has something to do with a pandemic. Wrestling is the only form of entertainment. And, well, it looks like The Walking Dead every time someone goes near a fucking roll of toilet paper. So... As I look at your Instagram questions, folks, it's wrestle underscore radio, wrestle radio forward slash Facebook dot com, train o five thousand on Twitter. If you have any questions, I am more than willing to answer them, folks. You can call in also at two one three nine four three three four two two. Again, that's two one three nine four three three four two two. Has an audience, you know, if you have an audience at a concert. 
and you're singing to your heart's content, and the acoustics finally start, you start to hear your vocals reverberate off the acoustic walls, you know, at a Carnegie Hall or Madison Square Garden or at a Sprint Center or at a Wells Fargo Center. This goes on and on, folks. If anything, the most difficult part without an audience is when you're trying to talk on a microphone and you don't hear any semblance of boo, you suck, or chorus of boos. It's like when the most difficult things to watch a promo at the beginning of the show in WWE and you're wondering, why are they picking up the microphone? Why aren't they just getting in the ring and beating each other's ass? Well, you got to have some form of promo, I guess. I'm just playing the guessing game with how the hell creative is putting shit together. So, you have a microphone saying, I'm going to kick your ass. No, you're the worst ever. You're a traitor. And this is these are lines from SmackDown Live between Mandy Rose Sonya Deville and Dolph Ziggler. Or Ziggler, whatever. And as Lady Lynn would say, if I wanted to see a soap opera, I would turn on daytime television. It's true. I mean, if you look at Lana, Rusev, Lashley, they finally get rid of the rivalry and they get rid of the wrong person. Company-wise, I think Lana should have been cut. I mean, she's not very valuable. I mean, as a manager, she barely fucking skates by. She couldn't even work as a worker. That's why I'm having difficulty understanding why you wouldn't just repackage Rusev and move him up to some semblance a little bit above mid-card. So, again, I am not understanding some of the shit that went down as far as the releases go. I understand that people. Oh, sorry, you heard that in the background, folks. I'm also a big Steven Universe fan. Anyways, I don't understand some of the things that go on, but without an audience, without the huge, normal, you know, WrestleMania income that they make every single year, WWE does, they had to cut over 20 people. Either that or the company is going to go fucking underman worse than the Titanic. AEW, they're probably making a lot of money through pro wrestling tees because, you know, you need clothes. So, there's that. And also, if folks couldn't get to the merch stand at WrestleMania, it's because, well, shit was canceled. Audiences, you know, over a certain amount of number was prohibited. Yeah, that's a. I'm not gonna discuss that shit again because I believe people are sick and tired of me saying you can do better by being less paranoid and you can do better by staying in. I'm, all I'm gonna say regarding that is, please follow the rules. Don't be a dipshit, and please, for the love of God, do not get out twenty to thirty times. Just get your ass. To the store and back, please stop. Some of you, I'm so proud of you. I actually bumped into a few people that said they had stayed in for seven weeks straight. That's pretty difficult to do for some people. Just telling you. And this is, you know, in New York, man. We're not supposed to get out unless we have a specific reason to be out, which is to help take care of someone, to help ourselves get to a job paid so mad love for all the people working right now on a serious note we're going to talk something else aside from professional wrestling Um, it's been crazy but the best way to deal with it is to distract ourselves take it day by day and to make sure that we're distracting ourselves with none other than professional wrestling and also our loved ones and the people we care about so I'm 
I'm going to leave the show on that note and just tell you, take care of yourselves for those of you opening back up. I don't know if that's such a good idea, but I'm not in your state. So if it backfires, well, we'll see. Brian and Danny, right, folks? All right. If you didn't like what good old Brian Reynolds had to say about AEW or WWE, well, then shove it up your ass and blow it out your asshole. I also have three choice words for you. Forget about it. And uh, toodles, bitches. I'm off work tomorrow, so... And for those of you who have an off day tomorrow, one love. Love you all. Toodles, bitches. I got to get some shut-eye. Have a good night. Until Monday, Lady Lynn possibly is returning. We don't know yet. She's taking care of some time with family and her girlfriend and also taking some, you know, taking a break from all this craziness. Okay. We all need a break. Not like Ross and Rachel, but we all need a break. Two those bitches. I got to go to bed. Love you all. I got to get some shit. I part two. Take it. <laughs>